yes, 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 people. It was all good till the week was out. It's that time again, baby. It's Echo Chamber. And as we do, we're going to start off with the UK's box office top 10 for the weekend of the 22nd to the 24th of October. And at number 10, people, it is Hansla Rakash, which, yeah, there's no information on right? I, I believe it's a Bollywood film, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, that's all I can tell you, unfortunately, people. All right. Now, in at number nine, it is a Dear Evan Hansen, right? Which is an adaptation of the theater production of the same name. So this is directed by Stephen Chosby. Chosby. Chosboski, right? Um, yeah, written by Stephen Leveson, Justin Paul, and uh, Barry Pazepeni Payak. So, um, yeah, there you go. If you enjoyed the play, you know what I mean? You might want to check that. Right? At number eight, it is a Run's Gone Wrong. Now, we covered this during the uh, 65th BFI London Film Festival. Um, very good. It's directed by Sarah Smith, Jean-Philippe Vine, and Octavio E. Rodriguez. You know, very much enjoyed this one, people. Um, yeah, Peter... Ooh. Bayham, I think is Peter Bayham, Chad um, Gomez Creasy, and Trevor DeVoit wrote this one, right? Uh, which means, people, at number seven, we have got Hollywood, sorry, Halloween. Hollywood. Halloween Kills. <laughs> so this is directed by David Gordon Green. It's written by Deborah Hill, um, Green, and John Carpenter. Bum, 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 bum. So at number six, it's another one we covered during the London Film Festival, and it is the new Wes Anderson Affair, which he co-wrote with Jason Schwartzman and Roman Coppola. It's the French Dispatch. So uh, there, there you go. So we are into our top for five people, into the top five. And um, yeah, at number for Five, it's the Adams Family too. So this is from Greg Tierman and, and Conrad Vernon, and it is written by Ben Queen, Benji Samit, and Dan Hernandez. So 
What's at number four, you may ask? Well, I mean, I can tell you, people. At number four, it's a Boss Baby 2 Family Business. So another sequel. This one is from Tom McGruff, and it is written by Marla Fares, Tom McGruff, and Malcolm McCullers. Okay. So, oh, right. What's at number three this week? Well, it's funny you ask. It's a new one from Andy Circus. It is another sequel. It's a Venom Let There Be Carnage. And this is written by Kelly uh, Mazil, Todd McFarlane, and Tom Hardy. That's right, Tom Hardy. So, um, yeah. That takes us to our number two film of the week, which people, I mean, yeah, I don't feel it's a big shock. It is the last outing of Daniel Craig. It is No Time to Die, the latest James Bond film directed by Carrie Joye Fokamuja. Um, written by Neil Purvis and Robert Wade, okay, which means at number one, and it warms the heart, I'm not surprised, I'm extremely glad, but I'm not surprised, it's Denny Villeneuve coming in hot with June part one. Written by Villeneuve, Eric Roof, and John Sapatia. And um, people, we are going to bring you this, our thoughts on this next week. And we're doing something a little special, so you will not want to miss that one. <laughs> We've got a bit of a June week next week, people. So, uh, yeah. Hopefully you will enjoy it. I feel it's fun. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, there you go, people. Um, well, I mean, if it all comes off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Still going to put those things in place. <laughs> you know what I mean? But hopefully, the, the thinking is, it's going to be a bit of a special one for you. So we, we will see. Fingers crossed, people. Fingers crossed. But, yeah, that is it. So uh, let's get into this week's reviews. All right, you ready? Let's fucking go. Yes, 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 people. Are you ready for our first film? It is a disappearance at Lake Elrod. <laughs> let's go. Okay, people, so... Yo, just checked out a new uh, little indie thriller film, which, yeah, definitely interesting. Definitely interesting. So, the, this film actually, it, it kind of goes by two names. Well, I say it kind of goes by two names. If you look for it, you'll find it under two names, right? The, the name <laughs> in which you will know it as, as The Disappearance at Lake Elrod, 
right? Now, its other title seems to have been Through the Glass Darkly, which you kind of do understand, but on its own, that, I, I understand why they changed the title. On its own, that is a bit just like, huh? What? You know, it, it's too vague, right? It, it's trying to be a bit too clever, and people, yeah, it, it's not as enticing. But whereas the disappearance at Lake Elrod, it's kind of generic, but people that like that sort of thing, people that like a thriller, a missing person joint, they will understand and they will gravitate to this pick, right? And that's what you're trying to entice people with a title. So I understand why they may have changed changed it. So um, that was a scratch, not pick. It's not a pick, okay? Just putting that out there. So this is from director Lauren Bash, who also co-wrote with Susan Graham. Now, they both also produced the, the uh, piece along with Autumn Bailey and Camilla Casnelli. I feel that's how you pronounce it. Uh, the music is from Stephen Webster. Uh, cinematography is Damon Horan. Um, it is edited by Lisa Zeno Chirpin and Arbian Van Zyl. Uh, casting is Lisa London and Catherine Shroud. Production is Dana Watson. Art direction Amber Goodrum. Okay, and our cast. Well, people, our cast. We have um, ooh, Robin Lively, who plays Charlie. Right. We've got Bethany Ann Lind, who plays Angela. Uh, then we have got Shanola Hampton, who plays Amy. We've got Michael Truco as Trip Carmichael. Um, Judith Ivy plays his mother, otherwise known as Mama Carmichael. <laughs> yeah, no, doesn't really get a name. Uh, we've got the bartender Cricket, who play, is played by Mary, sorry, Kerry Cahill. Uh, we have Kayla, who is played by Karina Norman. Uh, Bo, played by Nicholas Logan. Uh, we have Belinda Jones, who is played by C.C. King. We have Braden, the police de deputy, is played by Vince Foster. Oh, Bo's the police chief. Yeah, Bo is the police chief. Uh... Who else do we have? Uh, I feel they're the, like, oh, Magnolia is played by Susan Graham. She she slots herself up in the piece. Boy, there's three paychecks for old Susie. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, Bo isn't. No, the, the sheriff ugh, is played by Stan Houston. The sheriff will come. 
Um, Sylvia Carmichael is played by Alicia Davis Johnson. Um, oh, who else do we have? Uh, Troy, who's played by Ham Hamilton Sage. Yes, this Troy is. Yeah, he's a uh, he's an important person up in the piece. I feel. Um, Rosalie is played by Christy Taylor. Um, yeah, I think that's it, right? Oh, and we shouldn't forget Lily, Lily, who is played by Kinsley Isla Dillon. Okay, so the gist of the uh, the gist of the film is actually let's go to this one it was a bit easier to uh to probably break down i feel um, okay so we? all right a year after charlie's daughter disappears another girl from elrod uh, Georgia goes missing. Convinced there is a connection, Charlie draws suspicion and contempt from local law enforcement and townspeople alike as she stops at nothing to expose its most devastating and darkest secret. So, uh, yeah. There you have it. Now, this man there is a good few layers in this piece right a good few layers and it is pretty smart i have to say it's pretty smart you know i think there are things that you do i think you would surmise right there's a few things later on in the film characters that you could probably i don't know it might just be me but i was a bit like i kind of feel that that person could be or that person could be but i will say a lot of the stuff you you don't right you don't pin together now i think because you have to really pay attention to everything that is said because if you do there are seeds planted from the very giddy up right from the start people there are these seeds, but you have to listen and understand the flow of things, right? Then you're like, oh, so I, I, yeah, I did enjoy the way they put it together. So we open up with a, a voiceover from Charlie, right? We see a woman stapling a missing person sign onto a lamppost. And we, yeah, we hear Charlie talk about time and situations, you know, loved ones and all of this, right? Then we see her go to a bar and, uh, yeah, she's talking with a bar woman and, um, you know, she goes home. But the, but the whole thing is what we do kind of see from the start as well is that Charlie, she's having issues, right? She's on some sort of medication 
and she's having some sort of issues now we don't really know what those issues are right but we yeah you can fathom something and yeah there's a, like a dizziness right but then there's also this you get this creepy sense of something so all of this is here and yeah so you know she's in this bar and she hears about another girl that goes missing which kind of triggers her you could see that right and i do feel the way they depict a lot of this stuff right the way they depict her having these moments it is handled very well right because yeah there's a lot involved in it and the way they do it it's not giving too much away it's not making you suspect a certain thing you know what i mean you're, you're in this story so you're watching the story and so this affects her she goes to the police station and yeah we then see right that the police they don't you could you you sense they're tired of her bothering them right tired of her bothering them but you know this missing girl's parents are what well, her dad is at the station and uh yeah you you surmise they're for money right so now the police are dealing with him and she's a bit like oh okay you won't find my missing daughter but you'll find his right so we have this you know financial inequality right and it's something that you know uh it, it's, it's been you know in the zeitgeist right everyone's talking about this at the moment now not in the context of this film but i feel it, it's something people understand right and you'd be like oh man it's always these divides right divides in society so i mean straight away you're you're feeling for charlie right you're feeling for charlie but you also understand this is going to be an issue right this is going to be an issue so she goes home and her her, her partner her wife yeah she's a bit like oh, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. you've been drinking again so then we kind of think oh there could be a drinking problem because she is at the bar a lot right and yeah there's the story you know starts to unfold starts to unfold but again we we have to pay attention to what what's going down right now things take a turn as you would guess that they would right and you know now reporters are there which you know a wealthy family they they have an issue yeah reporters are always there now one reporter you know charlie has one of her episodes reporter helps her which then you 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 see this kind of bond right so you understand okay this is going to be a thing going forward right and 
now the reporters involved it allows for the story to divulge more information right and as we go on we get more breadcrumbs on what the fuck is going down and yo they don't I, I, I feel they handled this so well, so well, because there's so many levels of intrigue. You don't know which way to look, people. No one sells out on their performance. No one, right? You, you, you're believing everything. You're believing everything. You are, you know, hooked, hooked because you, you start to understand because I feel by this point, you may have picked up on a few things. You're right. You may have picked up on a. Hey, if you haven't, no shame. No shame. We ain't judging you, people. We ain't judging you. You know what I mean? Hey, it could be a long day. Or maybe you just don't pick up on stuff. It's fine. Because I'm sure you have your strengths in other places. But by this point, a lot of people may have picked up on a few things which right it keeps you on the edge of your seat because you are like okay which way are they taking this what are they gonna do now right and i love that i i love the fact that they do keep you guessing and when we do get this this big revelation you are like oh that's smart because I think you may have suspected something, but maybe not to the extent of which we are then shown. And then, the, then you know what I mean? It adds even more, right? So this is the thing. You might think, ah, they blew their load too early. Oh, no, they didn't. They were saving some people. Trust me. And, yeah, I do feel this film does deliver. Right, does deliver well. So for a little indie pick, hey, this carries it definitely like some of the bigger films of this ilk, right? And I'm talking, you know, like Woman on a Train, um, Woman at the Window, you know what I mean? Gone Girl, right? It is one of those type of films. So if you enjoyed those, I think this, you 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 like this, right? It it unfolds a bit like a memento, not quite, but I use memento because I, I feel that's a a kind of a, a, a gives you a bit of an insight to the, the 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 flow of information. You feel me, right? But yeah, no, I was very impressed, right? Very impressed. I enjoyed the hell out of it enjoy the hell out of it people you know because yeah i feel it gives you something a little bit different gives you something a little bit different and that is what you want right that's what you want so yeah people the disappearance at lake elrod i'd say it's worth checking and you can check it because it is out monday the 1st of November. Yeah, the 1st is a Monday, right? Um, and it's going to be available on Amazon, Apple. You know, just 
any of your favorite VODs, people. So, the disappearance at El Lake El Rod, you know what I mean? I, I, yeah, I think if you were into your thrillers, missing people, suspense, then this is one for you. So, yeah, you don't want to miss it, people. Go check it out. Okay, people, and we're gonna bring it home with a new Shudder original horror noir. Spooky time. Okay, people, so hitting Shudder, you know what I mean? Great horror platform coming there just in time for Halloween is horror noir yes people um it's an anthology right and you know i mean shudder has had a lot of success with some really good anthology uh series over the years right i mean we've talked about them uh yeah we've talked about them all really i feel i mean the you know the most recent ones right uh and yeah they've been fun you know we had what scare package um god damn it <laughs> you know it, like it's always the way isn't it when you have to remember then you forget but i mean obviously there's creep show right um ugh. yeah what were the other ones um Fuck. And they were good. <laughs> they, were, they were honestly good. My memory stinks. Ah, uh, yummy. Yes, yummy. And um, is it the mortuary? Ugh, my, I can't say words. The mortuary collection. Man, yeah, I enjoyed those. You know what I mean? There was some very good stuff in there. But uh, again, yes, you know what I mean? Um, Shudder, they've uh, thrown their hat out there with another one. But this one, you know, is a, there's a bit of a difference because, well, first thing, it is based on the 2018, I think it came out. It was a, a book, right? Horror Noir, Blacks in American Horror Films from the 1980s to present right so this was from um oh gosh robin r means coleman yeah actually actually people um yeah no it wasn't then it came out in when is it? uh actually i'm not quite sure i've, I've lost 29 Mm, no 2018 right and then in 2019 there was a documentary based on the book called horror noir a history of black horror right which kind of you know worked with the themes from the book but we had interviews from the likes of jordan peele tony todd rusty condilif um keith david and more right so there was that and now this 
horror noir in 2021, right? It's it's like a cousin, right? Because it's not a film based on like any particular thing from this, but you know, I mean, it's utilizing the themes and you know, like what the book and documentary were talking about, like a black talent is leading the way, right? So every, every, it's made up of six short films and they have all been directed by black talent, written, you know, produced and their leads, black talent, right? So it, it's a showcase for that. Now, it's not to say it's just all black people in there. No, obviously there are people of all different ethnicities in the piece, but it's just a showcase for black talent to be able to, you know, shine and have a platform to be like, yo, this is what we can do, you know? Which, yeah, like, yeah, that's good. That's good. It's good, man. Um, and so, yeah, this is, you know, from uh, Shudder. It's a Shudder original, AMC. You know, they, they were behind it. Um, so everyone... From the you know the documentary, uh, they 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 kind of served as executive producers on this, right? So um, you know we we had Robin R. Means Coleman, um, who was also a uh, consultant, uh, Ashley Blackwell, Phil Noble Jr. And Kelly Ryan. So um, yes, they were overall kind of producers, but yes, each segment they had their, their, their own kind of thing, and it was kind of all headed up by um, Tamara Do. Tamara Do. Ugh, I'm really bad with fucking names. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sometimes I, uh, yeah, I wonder. I wonder what the fuck is wrong with me, people. Um, gosh, Tan Tanariv Tanarivju, not Tamara Tanarivju. Um, so she was one of the the main writers. Um, and yeah, like you know. With anthologies, there's always a mixed bag, right? And it's like, there's never anything just downright terrible, but there's definitely things that are stronger than others, right? And that's the kind of case with this, you know? But I will say, it, it, they dealt with some really, you know, big things. Right, there, there wasn't shit that was shied away from here, which that's pretty impressive, you know. It wasn't trying to be too safe or set, like, oh, we can't deal with that topic, oh, you know, we don't want to so like uh, lose the black people up. No, it didn't do that, it, it messed with everything. I mean, and it's definitely out the gate. Out the gate, it came out kind of high. You're like, oh shit, you're, you're alluding to that. 
okay. You know what I mean? Like we looked at, ooh, I mean, there was um, like themes of community that I feel there was um, themes of, I, I'd say like loyalty, but like loyalty to the culture, loyalty to the race, you know, which I thought was, yo, that was definitely, you know, something to put out, out there, right? They were dealing with money. Like, you know what I mean? Like, is there an amount that will make you do certain things or forgo certain things? You know, we, we looked at fatherhood, motherhood, right? What's it to be a woman? You know, there was cults, racism, you know, um, unconscious bias. That, that was all weaved within these stories. And... I, it, like, it wasn't overly clunky or forced, you know what I mean? Which was definitely a good thing, because, boy, yeah, that can get a little mess, right? When everything is a, just a bit too, like, ham-fisted, and you're like, oh, all right, we get it. We get it, people. What are you doing to us here? What the fuck are you doing to us? So, yeah, no, it was cool. It was cool, right? And, um... Yeah, so as I said, right, we had we had six pieces, you know, and um, we started off with The Lake. Uh, so this was directed by Joe West and um, is based on a short story from Tanariv Jew. Uh, and she wrote the script with Stephen Barnes. Okay, so, yo, what, what's really interesting is there's, a, there's stuff that is alluded to, but it, it never fully comes out, right? And the way it's played, we really, I think you come out feeling a certain way for some characters, and then as it goes on, you're kind of like, um, should I, should I feel bad? I, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, right? That was it. And, <clears throat> oh my gosh. Apologies, man. So, um, yeah, it was about a teacher who has relocated. You know, we, we start, she's um, moving into a house. Right, moving into this lake house, and uh, but I mean, well, first of all, it starts off with everyone a load of people standing around a lake, and then police pull out a body, and you hear, Is that the Reverend? Right, then we jump forward in time, and um, Abby, Abby Lefleur moves in, and you know, something has gone wrong. She looks harrowed, right? She looks harrowed. We see her, you know, drop something and she picks up and it's a picture of her and her husband. So you're, you're assuming, like, she's lost her husband, right? And she gets a call from a friend and the call is very sympathetic. It's like, yo, you're not broken. You'll be fine. You can get through this. It's okay. You're a strong woman. It's cool. So, yeah, you kind of feel, oh, man, she must have been through something bad, man. So, oh, what's going down? 
But uh, you know, then then she gets a warning, like don't swim in the lake from this old dude who you think oh could be a little suspect, right? So it, it's dealing with this, and we're seeing these odd things suddenly occur. At first, you wonder, is it a dream, right? But then I think as it goes on, you're like, oh, oh. And we are getting alluded that something else happened that led Abby to this spot. And it's not what we think. And the way then certain things are happening and we're seeing, we do kind of wonder, be like, oh, are you saying, <laughs> are you saying that Abby is, uh, you know, but yeah, no, I, I, I thought this was a good jump off point, right? I thought it it got the intrigue. There was some creepiness in there. But, you know, it, it, it was a, a nice little balance. And yeah, it, it came out with this, you know, tabooish subject, guys did a horror. And I thought that was interesting. And it is a nice way to kind of, uh, you know, set the uh, the boat out. I feel like, yeah, set the boat out. Um, the next one was a brand of evil. So this is directed by Julian Christian Lutz, right? Um, otherwise known as Director X. And it is written by Ezra Clayton Daniels. Uh, so what's like we open up right and we have um you know a a uh a graffiti artist a killer a killer i think i believe everything his name was and um yeah we, we see him doing a mural right he's getting bugged by a guy you know and, and at first you'll want because the topics that get Engaged in this opening conversation, it's interesting, right? Because there is this whole like narrative of, um, you know, you, you should help someone, right? Even if you might not have money, like you're, you're kind of owed to, which is like, uh, I mean, right? If you don't have money, you can't help. You know what I mean? There, there is limits to things that we can do. So they kind of, that's kind of gauged, but we then see that um, Akela, um, I don't think that's right, but I'm going to just say Akela, right? Uh, we, we see him get an offer, a mysterious offer to do uh, logo work, right? And um, this offer, it kind of is, you know, he's meant to be doing this mural to help with this community food bank. They're having a big event and the mural is going to be the, the, the big piece for this event. So if he's missing work, it's impacting on their ability to raise money and donations and all of that kind of thing. Right. But, it, you know, the, the guy, this mysterious guy, he offers a lot of money. And Akela's like, I mean, okay. But 
we then start to see these things happen. Mysterious things happen. Right? He gets another offer. But while doing it, right, his boyfriend's boss drops a little bit of knowledge, right? Drops a bit of knowledge, which is like, ooh, ooh. And I think it's one of those things where I think most people might be like, you know what? I'm done. I'm out. You know what I mean? Like, nah. But the money... Right, it's the money that tempts Homie to continue. And we see the fallout of these things and it plays on and it's very interesting. Because as I said earlier, right, it's that thing of how much money for you to, you know, say eh, to your morals, right? <laughs> and um, yeah, do some things that maybe. I mean, there's no maybe about it, right? It, it, they're not good. They're not good things. But so, I thought that was interesting. I, I, I thought that I very much enjoyed that one too. We then had Bride Before You, right? Which is, um, oh, who directed Bride Before You? Oh, uh, uh, God damn it, this is a bit irritating. Um, I can't see that information. Ah, right, it's directed by Zandashi Brown and it is written by Chenard Edwards, who is basing it on a short story of the same name, right? So, um, yeah. Oh, no, the short story, sorry, is by Stephanie Malia Morris, my bad. Um, now, this one, it's like a... Uh, You know, it, 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 it's kind of like it's set in slavery times. You know what I mean? Um, and it's in Washington, right? And it's about a woman who marries a rich businessman. So we kind of get opened up. Um, and it's talking about, you know, if you're the first born, you have to get married like marry you're expected to be the first one to marry and she's she got to a certain age where it's just like i i can't be picky so i'm right fine i married this guy he's got money and it should allow me to at least get out of this situation you know what like the poverty and kind of move up a bit and i think promises are made but Maybe they're not getting kept, right? All of that. But dude wants a kid. He wants a kid, but a kid's not coming, right? A kid's not coming. Ah, shit. People, uh, I apologize. (laughs) 
like kids not coming. And you know, it's one of those things where a lot of the time it's not actually the woman. It might be the dude blowing blanks or just, you know, slow swimmers. Because I think that's what has been alluded with Henry VIII. You know what I mean? How he's blaming all his wives for not having kids or not having a son. But they kind of think it was maybe him. <laughs> you know what I mean? But obviously, you know, you're not going to be like, eh, it might be my it might be my boys. You know what I mean? It's like, woman, you're meant to be, give me a, a kid. You're not. So I'm going to go and do my thing elsewhere. But so we have her visit a local healer woman to get a remedy to help her conceive. And it all kind of revolves around this. Right? It is interesting. It is interesting. It's kind of creepy. Um, yeah, I, it's kind of creepy. It's one of those ones where I think, ah, oh, it's a shame it didn't have a bit more time to breathe. You know, because I, I it, it was good, but I think ah, oh, with maybe a bit more time to really construct this story. I think it might have worked a little bit more like that, you know? We then have Fugue State, which, ooh, it's a, a bit of an interesting one, right? A bit of an interesting one. Um, it's from Michael, sorry, Malcolm Barrett, right? And uh, yeah, it, it's about, um, well, no, so Michael Barrett stars in it with actually with Rachel True, which yeah, it was a real nice to see um Rachel in, in uh in something. I'm like, oh shit, Rachel True, nice. Uh, so this is written by Tanarev, Jew, and Stephen Barnes again, um, based on a short story they both wrote, and it's directed by Rob. Grinny, Grin, Robert Greenlea. Um, and yeah, so she's a journalist and he is a researcher looking into religion and, uh, you know, is religion a cult, right? So it kind of deals with that. She's dealing with these murders that have, you know, and attacks that have been happening. And it's a bit of an interesting one about, you know, the the magnetism of preachers, right? So, yeah, I mean, you, you can't really say too much about this one without giving it away. I did, though, think that, again, this is one of those ones that oh, might have, like, if it had a bit more time to really, you know, permeate, it, it would have really delivered. Like, it was interesting, it was decent, but I think more time would have really let this one come alive, you know? Um, so, yeah, the last two, very interesting, right? We had one called Daddy, 
which is um, by Victor La Laval, right? Um, and he also wrote the short story this was based on. Okay. Uh, and yeah, it's, man, it's interesting. You know, Robin Givens, she directed it, right? And uh, yeah, it was about, you know, a couple, they, they've got a, a young child and it's kind of like, you know, the bond between the dad and the kid, right? And, you know, we see him at the very beginning get into an elevator and an old man, he starts talking about, you know, fatherhood right and how separations can be created and all of this and as it's going on right the, the kid who had trouble sleeping on his own right and i'm just saying they they made him a kick-ass bed right they made him a kick-ass bed it was like yo you know what I mean? even though it was an adaptation of a kennel, <laughs> but not used, not used. But yeah, we get this whole, this whole thing about, I think the demons inside, right? Because he didn't know his dad, right? And I think that has been playing on him, right? And it's all about these demons and, you know, being a better you. Right, but having to wrestle with those demons. And it was good. I liked it. It was interesting. I do think it, like, a bit more time and it would really pop. It would really pop, you know? But it was very good. It was definitely a, a one of the stronger ones. And then we ended with Sundown, right, which is directed by... Kimani Ray Smith and written by Al Leston, right? And um, yeah, this was, yeah, this, this was amusing. This kind of had the same kind of tone as Get Out, right? It's, it, it, it is a fun story that played with racism and unconscious bias and, you know, how your actions could come back and bite you in the ass in the end. You know what I mean? So you need to be a better person. I, but yeah, no, this was fun. It was fun. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, yeah, it, 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 it did a nice little spin on um, an old trope, but can't really say too much else because... You know, that will, that will give it away. But, uh, yeah, our main leads were Tony Bell and Erica Ash, who played a husband and wife. And, uh, yeah, it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It's maybe my favourite of the piece. But I also, yeah, I thought, I think the, stronger, the strongest stories on was probably, Sundown was probably the strongest, right? Then you've got Daddy, Brand of Evil, and The Lake all being real solid and good, you know. 
like right before you fuchs they i think they could have done just with a bit more time they were still decent by for you know sundown daddy the lake and um brand of evil they were probably the stronger the stronger shorts with sundown being yeah the the, the probably the, the the overall one with the biggest punch and you know it it brought it home it brought it home so you kind of feel yeah they 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 thought this is probably the stronger one you know but as i said look it opened up well with the lake you know what i mean wasn't disappointed it is nearly two and a half hours it's nearly two and a half hours but it is kind of broken into these chapters because a story finishes then we get a title card for the next so you can easily pause and come back or finish watching like i've seen it asked you know why wasn't this just put out as a series which i understand but i also understand putting it together you feel possibly strengthens it as a whole right i I think there's possibly that and the thinking of maybe people will definitely watch it all the way through and watch all of them rather than just dipping in one and maybe leaving the others if it was just there as a series but you know it could have been either right and i think it would have worked as either but yeah it is it's a film um I will get I do have to give big props to Chris Cat over at Creepy Catalog because he is the only person that I, I kind of found had put all this information together. You know what I mean? With the with the names of the directors and all of that. You know, the directors, the writers, the lead actors, actresses. Because, you know, it's very frustrating, right? You do, you put together this anthology to support black talent. You don't have a website that lists, you know, the different segments and who did those segments, right? That that seems kind of crazy to me. Even on the Shudder website, Shudder people, you drop the ball they don't do that and I, I do believe on some of the I, I do at least one of the anthologies i do remember they did break it down right so yeah, i don't know why they didn't right it would have been really helpful you know just for people to watch it and go oh who did that one right now look you could stop it or rewind it to that point in the film i mean like right but that you know it just takes a lot of time Right, and not everyone's gonna do that or wanted to go back and do that, you know what I mean? So yeah, I think just list it. So yeah, Chris at Creepy Catalog, he put that all that information together, mad helpful. So yeah, props to props to you for that. But look, I enjoyed this. I, I feel anthology fans they will enjoy it. If you liked Scare Package Yummy. And the mortician collection, and you know, I think you could enjoy this, right? If you enjoyed Get Out, 
I, as I said, look, um, Sundown has that kind of tone. But yeah, but like this, it deals with mess these themes and messages, and it, it I don't know, look, it doesn't shy away. Doesn't shy away, you know, especially with the lake jumping out with that, which you just think, ooh. <laughs> so yeah, I think this is a decent watch, people. So yeah, it's on Shudder. And if you are a horror fan, I imagine you do have Shudder. If you don't, people. Go jump on that shit because hey, if you sign up, they they give you a seven day trial, right? So yeah, it's worth it, people. Go check it out. But yes, horror noir is gonna be out on the twenty eighth of October. So yeah, maybe grab that and um, watch it for Halloween, right? Get your frights in. <laughs> Enjoy, people. <laughs> Okay, people, so we come to end of another episode, people, you know what I mean? But as we do, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of film before we bounce, okay? So this was a little interesting because I thought he'd retired or at least said he retired from action films, but um, Liam Neeson is at it again, right? He's got a new film coming called In the Land of Saints and Sinners from director Robert Lorenz. Um, so it's said to be set in a small remote village um, where Neeson plays a newly retired assassin who finds himself drawn into a lethal game of cat and mouse with a trio of vengeful terrorists. <laughs> Syrian Hines is also in the film. Uh, the script is from Mark Michael McNally and Terry Loan. Um, with Matthew Fitchens, Philip Lee, um, you know, Matthew Fitchens adding a little extra to it with Philip Lee, Marcus Barmeletto, Bonnie, Bonnie Timmerman, Galand, Galand, Geraldine Hughes, and Terry Loan producing the film it's set in Ireland. okay so um yeah we've got a new film also called beth and don which is going to be starring julia lewis dreyfus right and um nicholas oh sorry nicole holler Hollow Ferguson is um, directed it. Yeah. Um, so it's about a New York novelist whose happy marriage starts to deteriorate after she overhears her husband offering up a frank assessment of her work. Yeah, you can imagine that could go uh, a bit wrong. You know what I mean? So Interestingly enough, because I do believe we got something similar about Anne Boleyn, but um, yeah, we're getting a film about Henry VIII and Catherine Parr, um, which is being 
framed as a psychological horror film, right? Uh, so Michelle Williams plays Catherine Parr and Jude Law will be playing Henry VIII, right? So um, it says the story unfolds from Parr's perspective, living with a brutal and deteriorating despot who had already killed two of his wives as, um, you know, she was ostracized from the royal court, push him, and these events push him towards religious reforms in a time when many of her fellow Protestants were being tortured and executed. So it's getting, it's been directed by Kareem Anuas, um, and Jessica Ashworth and Henrietta Ashworth write the script. Okay, so uh, fans of South Park uh, must be pretty happy because, yeah, there's two new South Park films coming, right? The first will hit on the 25th of November, and it is called South, South Park Post-COVID, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? Because, um, yeah, it's the first of... 14 you know, being planned films, right? So, um, yeah, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, um, yeah, set this deal as part of their re upping with uh Paramount with Viacom, um, recently. So, uh, yeah, you uh, get that, which is interesting because it's the first film since the original right which was man that one feels like it was a long time ago you know what i mean so no details on the film but the second film will be coming in december so uh, yeah you have that to look forward to now this was a bit of a uh, shame because you know, A Quiet Place, yo, when that came out, also a Paramount thing, um, that was a big, that was great. I loved A Quiet Place. Still haven't got around to seeing the sequel, um, which I do hear is good. You know, I do plan to see it. But I thought it was very interesting that we then learned that Jeff Nichols was going to be doing um, a, a spin-off, which was very intriguing. Be like, oh, what's that? gonna be but unfortunately Nichols um and Paramount had parted ways right it was amicable though because he's still gonna be working with Paramount on an upcoming sci-fi project which he's developing so right now Paramount are really hunting for a new director because they still want to really do this thing, right? Which makes sense because, you know, it seems that A Quiet Place is a, a, you know, it's been a very successful franchise so far, and it's new, right? It's not a spin-off or a re, you know, of an existing thing. So, yeah, 
obviously they want to try and make something of this, right? Makes sense. Does make sense. But yeah, there you go. Um, now, we know that Universal Pictures have got their monster universe, right? And um, the Wolfman is, you know, part of that universe. And they're remaking it, right? Now, we knew... We heard that Lee Wimnall, you know, after the success of the Invisible Man, he was going to be taking the helms of this, but Lee had to step away because of scheduling. So in steps Derek Sinfrance, right? So he's going to be taking the reins. Uh, Ryan Gosling is still going to be the lead, and Gosling will also be held in. Cine France, along with Ken Kao and Jason Bloom. Um, uh, well, all of those will be producing, but um, Cine France and Gosling will be writing the script. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, it's going to be better than our other iterations, but uh, you know. We will see. Now, after, um, you know, earlier in the year, we had Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder's zombie um, big film set in Las Vegas, right? And we know that there's going to be a prequel, right? Thieves of the Dead, um, Army of Thieves even. But we're also getting a sequel, Right? to army which is going to be called planet of the dead and it's you know detour 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 who is played by matthias who is you know the the lead of thieves He's also, it looks like he's going to be in Planet, right? So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I thought Army of the Dead had some really good moments. You know what I mean? Loved those zombie, that zombie tiger. You know what I mean? Zeus. That was fun. And the zombies themselves, oh, man, they were captured very well. But, you know what I mean? It, it was a little hit and miss, but, you know... I'm intrigued to see what they do with it. You know what I mean? Because there is definitely promise. I think thieves will, you know, speak a lot on the anticipation, right? And let's end with this because it is the news we've all been waiting for. Well, I was waiting for anyway. Um, and that is the... Warners and Legendary have, you know, done the logical thing and they finally greenlit part two of June. Yes. So, goddamn, thankfully we get it, you know. Um, and a tweet was put out saying, thank you to those who have experienced June so far and those who are going in the days and weeks ahead. We're excited to continue the journey, right? I, I always thought it was a weird move, not just to make them back to back, right? 
especially because they've already greenlit a TV series. But yeah, you know, they've they've done it. They've done it now, which does mean, unfortunately, we will have to wait two years. So the the new June, the release date is set for you know the same time, twenty twenty three. Right, so uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a shame we could have to wait that long, but at least it's coming, right? At least it's coming, people. But yeah, that's it. We are done, um, and we'll see you next week. Big things coming next week, people. We, um, yeah, we're gonna have June. Um, I think we're gonna have no time to die. And then just some other things. I think we've got a new horror from Shudder. And I think there's something else. All right, so it's going to be a fun one, people. Until then, peace. Enjoy your film watching. All right? Have fun, people. Have fun.